Hey everybody and welcome to the Fiscal Frisk. I'm your host, Zach Hunter. Devin, did you like that intro music? <laughs> Heck yeah, I did. Well, if you guys liked it too, that's our talented friend Chase Drew. Chase is an amazing and upcoming musician in the London area, so make sure you go check him out on all streaming platforms now. As always, I have the man himself, Devin Box, the co-anchor, and today actually leading the discussion. Devin, greet the people. Hello. Good I played around. <laughs> I played a round of golf today, and if you listened to the last podcast, was it on mine or yours? It was on mine. It was on his. Yeah. We were ecstatic today. Not so good. It was the heat. It got to me. But um, yeah, Zach's putting me in a bit more of a leadership role here on the Fiscal Frisk for the episode because uh, we don't have a specific thing to talk about, but yep. um, I'll let Zach kind of introduce the concept. We're going to talk a little bit about us. There we go. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We have a good one for you today. Uh, the Fiscal Frisk is a podcast dedicated to taking literature related to fiscal or monetary policy and frisking it down into normal terminology to make it understandable to you guys. Devin is usually here on the behalf of you guys to ask questions and seek clarification, but today, he's going to be asking questions in a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't really have like a specific format or anything we're going to do. Like It's going to be more of like an open dialogue with some questions. And yep. we're going to go uh, talk about our experiences. Just about, I just graduated from my undergraduate program, which we'll get into a little bit uh, soon. And I just wanted to talk about what it's like graduating during a pandemic. And mm -hmm. Devin's experience, because he's in his master's now. And we're just going to kind of go back and forth, bounce some ideas, maybe do some speculation about the future. Yeah. And other than that, let's just dive right into it. So yeah. let's get it going. Yeah. No. And I, I like the idea, Zach, because I think it's kind of cool to talk about personal experience. And, you know, we usually keep it very structured with the podcast. And right. It's, it's, it's about the science. It's not much about us. But, yes. you know, we got to stay current. And, and, you know, anybody that's getting into finance or in my case, in the healthcare field, you got to go through education. Right. And, exactly. and this stuff affects you. And if you're you're listening and, you know, maybe you're, you're a similar age group, you may be a little longer, right. a little younger. Uh, and you want to get into one of those fields, uh, maybe having some of the feedback from us might be valuable. So yeah, and we don't know how long this is going to go on for, right? So we don't know yeah. how long, like, because this might change the education system in general yeah. too. Yep. So just kind of what we see moving forward, and kind of our main takeaways from graduating during a pandemic. Exactly, and if if we can provide any any insight, even to one person, excellent. That's what we want. Exactly. So, yeah, graduating in the era of COVID. So I'm going to be asking Zach some kind of general questions here, and, and we're just going to feed off each other and and, and see uh, what Zach's experience was with with graduation. So perfect. First off, just kind of you know we we've done the general introduction at the right. beginning, and we kind of know obviously you're the finance guy. Uh, just tell people what you did for school and what kind of you were expecting uh, with with regards to graduation and, and what might happen after. Uh, graduation, you know, if COVID weren't a thing, like what was your kind of plan, right? All right. Sounds good. So I'm again from London, Ontario. I've always been from here. So for my post-secondary education, I went to the University of Western Ontario. So UWO, I was on the affiliate college. I was at King's University College. Uh, so my undergrad was specifically business management and organizational studies. So BMOS degree with a specialization in finance and administration and a minor in political science. So my course load was I finished all my requirements for my political science. So I was just in straight MOS classes. So management and organizational studies classes and economic classes. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have any electives or anything. So it was actually a very hard course load for me to finish up on. 
and just general rule like what I kind of expected so I knew I was applying for master's program and that's still my goal is to go back in September Mm -hmm. and I had a full summer job lined up uh working for the the municipality so the city of London in the uh, municipal law sector yeah and obviously that got canceled and we can talk about that in <laughs> a little bit and then just kind of you know they're like we just missed some very key big things which we'll get into later about missing commencement uh, missing yeah. like kind of getting like literally it was march 15th i'm pretty sure was the day that they uh, stopped classes so i had a i was it was a thursday night i remember vividly because i was at uh, old man ball so I play basketball with alumni <laughs> at my old high school. Old man ball. <laughs> um, and I had a quiz Friday morning for my economics. It was like international finance class. And I had a 8.30 lecture on Friday mornings, which sucked. And <laughs> I had a quiz that morning. And I remember that it was all when it was starting to go down because it was like March 14th was the Thursday. And then um, I remember finishing up basketball and like, oh, I have to go home. It was like 11 p.m. And I'm like, I'll have to study for this stupid quiz tomorrow. And I remember like I got like my phone blew up. Like you called me. Uh, a couple of my mm. other buddies called me. There's like, yo, we don't have to study anymore. Like classes are canceled. Right. <laughs> so then all of in classes were just gone. Like we didn't even know that was going to be our last day in a like as well as specifically me, too, because I was still in my undergrad. Mm-hmm. That was the last time I was going to be in a classroom at King's. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, for me too, and I, I say this with the university is obviously a very, you know, important milestone in, in people's lives, not only for their education, but right. just for their social development and like, yep. you know, having the relationships that you build with your friends, like it, it's, it's not that it's just sentimental, but it's important. Yeah. And to just kind of like not ever have, you know, your, your official last day of class, like right. to just have that bang. You're not going. Yeah. That's, that's, that was probably pretty crappy. Exactly. I don't know if you could speak to that. Well, and like, you know, to be completely honest, a lot of these people you're never going to see again. Like you have friendships that you had like in school, but like, you know, you're not going to pursue them outside of school. It was just kind of during that time. And you don't get to say that goodbye. Like, you know, you go through all that struggle. You have all those late night studyings. You have like everything, those tests, like you go through everything together and then not to kind of even have that closure. Goodbye. Or again, so like I went to an affiliate. So Kings, our class sizes were very small where it was like 20, 30 people to a classroom. Mm. So you had that really small atmosphere of like you got to know the students and even the professors. So not even getting to say goodbye to your professors either because I've had lots of my professors where I've had since second year to now. So I've had them for three straight years, right? Mm. So it was a very weird feeling. And again, like, you know, and it's not the same when like you're on a Zoom call in the class and like all that stuff either, right? So it's just a completely different (laughs) dynamic. Yeah, it's like the the social aspect of of just, school and and what it teaches you as far as you know how to become an adult and i think a lot of people want to leave home and you know they meet they meet people where they make those lasting friendships with um yeah you don't you don't get that on zoom yeah yeah and and we talk about this in social set situations it's like a lot of the a lot of the interactions of people is about energy right Right. like you just kind of you know and you know especially coming from a small class size too you'd have some very unique connections with people that yeah that you didn't really get to get closure on right it was yeah, just kind of exactly. like you're home i'm home bye oh and <laughs> like and we can both like uh, attest to this is we went to school that friday anyways because technically like the school was open 
Oh, we and worked out. And we and, worked out yeah. and all that. And it was a ghost town, right? Yeah. Like literally, if you looked at like the student residencies, like if you looked at like the student housing around, like it literally, it felt almost like a, like it was actually just like a ghost town. People were literally yeah. running and like leaving <laughs> like garbage bags, like full of stuff. Like they're getting in cabs and leaving. Well, that was the one thing that made it real for me was that week. It was like, I, I go into campus and I know, you know, they canceled classes, but me being in a master's, we'd still go in and we have a smaller group. And you have your lab. And yeah, you have we have a lab. So we go right? in there and, 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 and again, realistically at the time, um, the university took a really proactive approach. And, yes. Um, I don't know exactly what it was with other universities, but you know, Western's got a new president and I know for a fact that he doesn't want his legacy. The first thing, right. you know, that happened with, with his, you know, inaugural year to be <laughs> that he didn't pull the trigger on, on keeping students safe. So exactly. I know school was like the classes for sure were just gone. Right. Um, and then we didn't really know with research, but when we go in that week, um, I, I go into the lab and you see people packing up from their dorms already. Right. And this yeah. is weird. It's like there's they're months away from when they should be ending. Right. And people are actually just completely leaving. Well, Not just like March. going home, but yeah. like taking everything with them. Exactly. Like and this is this is mid-March too, right? So this is yeah. back when like uh this was all relatively new. Like there was barely any cases in Canada at all, actually. And like, yeah. um, it was like, again, like this almost really scary thing, which like it, obviously we're still here and we're yeah. still in lockdown and you know, you're technically you're still in school and you're obviously not allowed to go to campus yet. Like they're starting yep. to open it up and all that fun stuff. But it, it was really interesting to see kind of like people just left all their belongings. People were going mm -hmm. like it was, and because again, like they started closing down the borders and if you're there too late. And then that's the interesting thing with like all the leases and the other stuff, which we can get into a little bit later. It's mm -hmm. going to be interesting to speculate the future of what student yeah. housing is going to look like. Right. And yeah. leases. And yeah. All we'll, we'll come back to that at the end. So yeah. Um, next kind of question was like stuff about final marks. Uh, now I heard there was kind of like a choice given right. to some of the students about like how uh, the final marks would be addressed. Yes. What was that like? And what did you end up choosing or if that's even true? So it was really annoying the way, I need to phrase this right. I can't really. <laughs> so the way like, this is a, you know, no swearing on this. No, yeah, no. <laughs> Try it to was, keep it clean. Yeah. Well, like I don't blame the university. Like they really let the professors and like kind of like the department heads and everyone kind of had their own like approach to it. So mm. pretty much how it worked was there is three main ways that like you could do it. And that was either a um, some professors. If you had more, sorry, sorry go this was given to the professors, so they would yes. say there's three choices that they had to then disseminate to the students. Well, and even more than like because I know like one of my classes, my professor gave us like five options. Oh wow! So like I'll just go okay. into it a little bit. Okay. From what I heard is like it was kind of like a department by department, and then professors like they talked to their department heads, they talked to like what was going on, and then like they made a decision based off that. So if you had more than 70% of your mark in total, uh, you could no mark it and like no mark the rest. And then whatever you had in the coursework is what you ended up in that final mark. So just that grade is your final yeah. set. Okay. And um, because also the thing with Moss is, uh, so I'm just going to call my, my degree Moss, Moss, like Management Organizational Studies. Um, a lot of people go for designations right after. So like a lot of people do their chartered accountants or your CPA 
your HR designation, that type of stuff. So the university had to clear pretty much everything with those designations because you want to make sure that you're good to write those des- designations right when you uh, graduate. Right? They've got requirements. Exactly. Okay. So I was taking a, a fraud examination class, which is what you need for CPA. And uh, we only had 60% of our mark. So then we had to write like a 10% reflection just to hit the 70% threshold because she didn't want to have a final exam. And then take that as the final, uh. right? And like it had to be recognized by CPA. So that's why I feel like it was very by department by department. Mm. And then even like my one professor, um, it for like it was a political science class. It was the only one that I had for my poli sci. And he gave us like four options of uh, we had like bonus marks like throughout like the semester, like for like attending like extra credits and like that type of stuff. Yeah. So it's either you could straight no market, you could um, take those bonus marks and then like add them on to like a future. Like, so like you could either take your no mark with no bonus marks, even though you attended some of the events throughout the year, or you could, because we had 70% of our mark. Yeah. Or if you didn't like your mark because like he thought it wasn't fair that we like, just because you just no market, what we could do was uh, write like a quiz that's like 10% that like help you add it on. And then he would add the bonus marks onto that or right. That seems like, confusing. As I know. Head. Well, that's what I uh. mean. Right. <laughs> and then some of my other classes, like they're like our one professor put all of our marks in like a normal distribution. So you, because the class <laughs> average was so high, curved it. so he completely curved it. But mm-hmm. like, he's like, we can curve it, but just know some of you guys are going to drop marks. Right. Because yeah. our class average was so high. So even though you're an 88, some of well, people like ended I, up with like an 80. When you curve stuff, there's some people that go up, some people that go down. And people don't realize that. But the thing is, is like you only hear about the people that go down. Yeah. The so people that go up, they're like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> That's I'm chilling. cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. you and, that, and then just like the whole, so again, so that you had your no mark and then you need your 70%. Or uh, classes, like people just like they did all their exams online. And then the whole online exam, because everything went online and they required students, they didn't have even have to come back to write exams, obviously, right? So all of our exams are online, either through OWL or different platform. OWL is just our online platform. It's the university portal. Yeah. yeah. So there was that. There was different like textbook platforms. Like uh, the main one for economics is my econ lab, which is Pearson. And um, there was like another one, but I forget what it was, but... Um, I know one of my professors, we had a, a final exam uh, for that international finance class. It was 60 questions in 60 minutes. So it was like, Jeez. Uh, like, so, and cause a big thing was cheating, right? Cause mm. technically you could just Google or do any of that Speed stuff. Speed up right? the test. You don't have time to look everything so then, up. Like he's ah. like, it'll be stuff. If you know, your like, if you know your <coughs> material, it'll be yeah. fine. And, and then, like people think like 60 questions and 60, it's not that bad. If you actually just, if it's just multiple choice. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if you know your stuff shouldn't be too bad, but that seems like kind of a, a Bush league way yeah. of, of getting around that. It's like, well, yeah. And a lot of professors, <laughs> right. Because like, again, if, uh, if you haven't been to post-secondary, um, so like there is marks that professors have to hit, right. Like certain quotas, or like not quotas, well, not but necessarily like quotas, necessary. but like there's but like standards, there's standards and regulations, and like there should there's ranges that their mark should be in, right? Yeah. So some of the professors actually made it harder because then they have more dictation on the marks, right? 
Uh, and then you have to be within those mark ranges. So it was, it was very is, weird. Right? I, I've had that with some courses where there are professors that will like actually pin the average at something and yeah. they will take like, if you write a paper, instead of just saying like, here's the rubric, follow the rubric, you get a good mark, right? right. Like speak clearly 10 points for this, whatever it is. Um, you do that to a T and you'd still end up with a crap mark because yeah. they didn't actually mark them based on whether you did what you're asked to do. They marked them based on how well they liked them, yeah. put them in a line and then had a, a bell curve for that. Cause you need to hit like those marks. <laughs> and then <laughs> the prof uh, said, Oh, and, Typically, people do much better on the uh, the second paper. It's yeah. a writing course, so you get like thirty percent each paper. Exactly. And typically, people do better on the second one. I'm like, dude, we could all do way worse. But if you're going to make the average higher, you're going to make the average higher. Yeah, like you are the one that dictates that. Well, and then so like, we could all write worse papers. Yeah. And then we just get slapped on the same curve at a higher mark. Well, and that was, <laughs> right? and that's why I mean, like that was kind of like the biggest issue of like letting it kind of go to a professor per professor basis. Because Cause they like, have interests and not, yeah. I don't want to jade any, any professors. Well, like out the there tenure too. versus non-tenure. Like but but so there much. are, but there are standards and I know the university does uphold those standards. If you're teaching yeah. a course and it's way too hard, they're going to come down on you. If yeah. you're teaching a course, that's way too easy. They're going to come down on you. Exactly. So when you put the professors in a situation to say, you better handle this well. Yeah. And they're like, well, how do I handle it? Yeah. They're going to have to proceed with caution as well too. And I don't know what kind of punishments the university might give to them too, but mm -hmm. they have reputations, right? Yeah. That's important to them. So there could be their interests, um, you know, built into that as well. For right. Sure. Uh, and like, again, just, and going totally online, it goes against a lot of professors, what they do right yeah because i know i've had a lot like lots of professors that go i don't do multiple choice exams i think they're stupid and mm. it's hard to do an online exam without multiple choice right yeah so yeah. i just found it, it was very hard because so many profs were using different stuff right because like i had two classes where for the rest of the semester we were technically supposed to go on zoom calls like and they would hold lecture during zoom calls I had th like two classes that no marked. So then I just randomly didn't have those two classes. Mm -hmm. And then I had a third class where uh, she would just upload the lecture notes. And then that's all that we had. Right. So like, yeah. it was kind of weird going from like, cause generally you just have your in class lectures, they upload the slides or they don't upload slides and you just take notes and then that's it. Yeah. And then so to do go from that to like all these different platforms, like it must have been really hard for especially students that like again different learning styles like there's all that different stuff right like yeah. even just the straight online being at home crappy internet like there's just so many different variables into it right yeah i know like even with just you know the physical structure of the buildings for people that might be in a wheelchair like right the education accessibility is really important yeah right? and, and as a professor when you got that thrown in your lap you got to worry about making sure that people can learn Right? Yeah. Like everyone can learn. And even if you get the majority of them, there might be people left out and you have to be aware of that. Right. Cause yeah. no one was expecting what that would look like. Right? Well, and your services and everything are cut too. Like, so like you said, accessibility, career counseling, like all that stuff mm. was completely essentially cut off too. So people who were accessing services or like, even like, I know one of our page, uh, one, one of our friends page, um, mm. like she had like for certain accommodations and everything, like you can't, like, it's hard to get that between all like in class to online Yeah, because like, say you need longer to write exams. 
it's hard to come up with multiple exams and like make it so that certain students can make it longer than others. Well, normally you'd just be like, okay, here's your alternative date. We'll book a room for you. I'll have somebody proctor it, whatever it is. You just write your exam. Exactly. And then, and then also just like to another layer of it is we're all graduating too, like in all these classes. So people have all their different agendas, right? Because like sometimes class, like where you are ranked in your class matters. Uh, like when you're applying for masters or other situations, right? And then uh, I think this is a good way yeah. to lead on to the next question. Yeah, it's so, kind of like I wanted to know, you know, how that you know you said at the beginning you were obviously heading toward, you know, something in graduate school. Right. Has the final mark fiasco or just even just the COVID fiasco kind of in general, to your knowledge, does that really affect it a whole lot? And then uh, though, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about just for the last point before we move on, because I forgot to say it, the third one was a pass fail system. So all, oh, on I heard your, about that yeah, then all on your transcript would just be a straight P or an F like there was like, so it would not be a mark. It's just a P or an F. <laughs> and um, so the issue was, is say you did really crappy in a class. So say like 52, 55, whatever. And you did like a straight P dash F. Um, if you applied for graduate school, that mark doesn't count because it's not a mark because how do you quantify a P like a pass fail? So that was the you biggest think the issue. graduate schools would be on board with that too. Like, like yeah. if you were a graduate program and like you were looking at like all the professors at the undergraduate level struggling to like get the students, you know, out the door. Yeah. It's like, I don't know whether, and that's probably a very uneducated opinion. I don't know what the word you know, the, uh, systems like, but it seems like, I don't know, being well, like that and, doesn't count. It just seems a little stiff. And university to university is different, right? Because yeah. not all universities allow to pass fail. Yeah. So if you were Western undergrad and like, obviously it's a little bit easier if it's a Western to Western because I'm applying for a Western masters. Uh, so it's very easy for it to be like, uh, yeah. like, cause you can, it's easier to see the story there. Right. Uh, but like if you're Western and say you're applying for a Mac, um, graduate program, like a pass fails not like what does that was that equivalent to what does that mean right yeah unless there was uh, some sort of like exact standard that all the universities yeah kind of followed then you'd have to come up with your own standard and, yeah. and then basically defend your standard right well and then so say you're in a really important class like in healthcare, like in health science or kinesiology i don't know if there's like a one class that's like really important but i know in business like for our undergrads there's like a one class business 2257 it's a really important class. Say if you want to go to Ivy to get your HBA or MBA or graduate school in like business and everything. Say if you did like a pass fail for that without knowing that that would falter or like hinder like your future post-secondary plans two years down the line or you're graduating and say you go to go apply for your MBA five years later and they're just like, oh, you know, Mark, that like that, like that literally just means like you didn't even take the class then, right? Like if yeah. that does that, that's speculation, obviously. But like that, no, it, it could come up, right? Obviously. Right. So like, so yeah, that's like been that's been the biggest issue is like because I'm glad I reached out because I was scared because if you're say you're right on the cusp, like say if you require an 80 average and you have like an 80.7 average, and then you know mark one class, and then they have to take like a previous year, like it takes your most recent class. Yeah. So how and does that cooked. change it, right? And then your <laughs> cook say it's a seventy-five, then you're just like SOL, you're out of the range now. Yeah. No, like that's that's important to note too is what do they do even when they if they just don't take that mark? Because some people right. like 
you know, planning out what you're doing after graduation is very specific. It's like, you don't just, yeah, you don't just go, Oh, these are my marks. It's like people will specifically take courses and right. You know, like if your mark isn't very good, come half the course, right? Yeah. And you can drop it. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in that and yeah. to throw a wrench in it can, can really mess up what people are planning. Right. And now, just like the whole, like, what does it mean? Like I know some like personal buddies that they, they got like a 75 and they did a pass fail like because they don't intend on going into graduate school or anything else and they still use the pass it fail. Just didn't it just matter didn't to them. Pass. So they're just like, oh, I'll mm -hmm. just take the pass. But what does that mean? Say like if you go for apply for a job because lots of jobs apply, like you require your transcript. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, that's weird. Why? Like if you want to be an accountant and in your accounting course, you took a pass fail. Does that mean you got a 51 or like, what does that mean? Yeah. Right? You, you so, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's true. And like, you know, a lot of the grad programs, uh, you know, some grad programs are, are pretty competitive. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, and, and med school is really competitive. It's like, you know, percent matters and then just to have it's somebody all that's a the fail, it's like well that could be anything yeah well and <laughs> right? like what happens if you test really well like say like you haven't been doing well coursework all the time like you said like competitiveness of like programs right so say you test really well you haven't been doing well on like the essays or the coursework like you like but you need those final exams to really bump up your mark and then they know mark the rest well, like it's, it's just it's like the, the one, situations. Like I know grad programs too, and regardless of what you're getting into, whether it's med school, anything in finance, like there's a, a much more holistic approach to what is kind of the student, right? What right. you're looking for. And yeah. I think once upon a time, it was just mostly marks. It's like if you got the marks, you got in. Right. And I know specifically for med school that it's like, you know, you, you, you can't only just have the good marks. Like you right. got to be in the community volunteering. You There's gotta, you gotta so interview well. much more to it, right? If, if med schools are like, okay, fine, we'll take it pass fail. Yeah. That might actually put more emphasis on the people that, uh, can interview well. And I, again, that's right. There's no, there's no perfect definition of what is a great student. I think communication skills and interviewing well is incredibly important. Right. Right. And I, I do agree with the premise that, in order to get a complete picture of who you are as a student, I can't just look at your marks. Yeah. Right. But then when we have the, the, you know, the issues with marks, what if they put more emphasis on, on that? So it could actually shift the tide in, in kind of a temporary definition of what is a better student. Right. Because of the marks circumstance. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be even a pass fail. It could just be anything. Like if people said, okay, well my best option, or maybe even the prof didn't give them an option. They were just like, you just have to take this mark. Right. Like I, I mean, I know I have a, a buddy um, and I won't mention his name, but it's like you get horrible marks and it's like, okay, you know, I'll, you know, I'll study, study with me. We'll help you out. And it's like, right. The, my buddy started as like 56 is 62, like on the first, uh, you know, half of the course, like this guy was sitting at like mid to high fifties. Right. And it's like, I, I helped him study a bunch for the finals and for our last paper. He worked really hard and he finished the course in 83. Right. Cause he approached the prof. He's like, I want to, you know, reweight this stuff and I'm going to do really well. Yeah. And the prof says, all right, like if you do really well, do it. He's like 93 on the final, you know, like he, he did really well. And like right. if you weren't given that, or if he in that particular situation wasn't given that chance, you could end up with like a horrible mark. Exactly. 
right? Yeah, so which not makes even, all the difference. Not even if the pass-fail thing's an issue, right? Like yeah. all the other stuff, there's there's issues with that too because there are some people that will resurrect their marks in a right. class. Like they will start out bad yeah. and they'll just kick in the jets and by the end of the course, you're doing well. Well, and this is a very interesting concept and like I like the way that you put it. It's just like, is this going to change the way that we see what good students are, right? Yeah. Because it's easy to go to class. Like you have like those people that go to class and just like uh, dominate discussions and you have like the like the attendance or the participation marks and like that type of stuff and like switching over and being into an online atmosphere and just kind of like how does that change the way that students go or like operate, right? Because none of us like we have the choice to take online classes when we go to post-secondary, right? But like not everyone takes them or not every, like, you know, people don't like online classes for that reason. Mm -hmm. And then we're all kind of forced to adjust to this online program. So like, you know, some people would do better than others, right? So like, is that a fair system or like, is that just something yeah. moving forward that will just change of what a good student looks like? And I'll, and I'll add to that too, is not even on the, the good student, like based on evaluation right that's kind of the premise of this right uh but just what about learning like i i know for a fact with with grad school you know the the moments where i've learned the most have been you know the the type of crunch time presentations the paper like yeah. stuff that you just you couldn't really get it's, it's more hands-on stuff it's experience right, right? When, I'm, when you're in the lab learning about things, learning about equipment. It's like, you could read about that stuff in textbooks until, you know what I mean? Like yeah. until the cows come home and right. you're not going to learn near as much as a couple hours of actually just doing it. So, you know, not even just saying like, well, can we move stuff to online? Sure. Mm -hmm. Will you extract enough potential? Maybe not. And, and right. there are some things that you could just, you could throw online and you'd learn the exact same. Like you, you really wouldn't notice a darn difference. Like yep. wake up to your lectures and you're fine. But there are yeah. a lot of real life skills that I know personally I've, I've learned in graduate school that I wouldn't get that if I was online. Right. Not a chance yeah. at all. Right. And you know, whether it, to me, I think a lot of the lessons I've learned in grad school have been much more like the skill building has been much more important to like my communication Right. my career like who i want to be as an academic uh than i'd ever gotten undergrad and yeah. and that's 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 concerning especially for a lot of the the hands-on kind of disciplines like if you're going into pt right just physiotherapy occupational therapy you know i know my buddy dylan's in, in dentistry like he was hoping to get uh, you know more clinical experience this year well, exactly so right that a lot of those like hands-on and, and i i wouldn't ever bash you know, stuff you learn in a textbook. There are a lot of people that are incredibly book smart and like those, those skills translate to real life. But, yeah. you know, when we talk about accessibility, some people just learn better from doing, from being in situations. Yep. And I, I feel like in many ways I'm one of those people and, and having that online would absolutely suck. And I'm glad I got all my course requirements from master's done. And now I'm just focusing on the, on the research portion. Right. Uh, but I, I really do feel for some people who might not adjust as well or might just just will be spending the money and at the end of the day are not going to get as quality of an education. Yeah. And that's not like, because think, it's the yeah. university's fault because you just can't. And that's and I think that's a really important point, too, is just kind of like, what does this mean for education as a total? Be, like we've talked about this before is we're a very educated society. We're a very educated country. Yeah. We're overeducated almost. People already talk about like, you know, I've had lots of professors in first and second year and they just go, 
your undergrad is pretty pointless. Like, what are you going to do with it? Right. Sort of thing. And yeah. like, you know, there's always going to be like the naysayers and like that type of people. But like, I wonder what that actually does mean for people entering the job field now. Right. Like, yeah. And what and that I, means, like, what does education mean? What does an undergraduate mean? Well, I, and the one thing I would say for anyone who is thinking about maybe doing grad school or med school or something is uh, the best thing I think that I got from and I got it, am getting, I guess, currently right. uh, from doing a master's degree was doing something specific to me. Right. Right. And, and, and I kind of thought this, and we've had these conversations about what, you know, our careers might look like and some of our aspirations is, you know, your career is not, I graduated with good marks. I'm the most qualified. It's like, man, there are a lot of people out there. Like even that, like if you're top your class, it's like, let's right. say it's a class of, I, Decent site. Let's say 200 people just for it's a round number. Right. It's like, okay, you're in the top 10% of the class. Yippee. There's 20 of you. Mm -hmm. Like are there 20 jobs in one specific field in your city? You know what I mean? Like in that situation is like, you need more to to differentiate yourself too. And I think research for me has done a lot to, Hey, this is your project. You work on it. You write the paper. Right. Right. The onus is on you. Um, And if you want, you can do side projects. You can do more. Right. You could do the bare minimum. You can, you can have a thesis, you can do course space, you can do whatever you want, but it's you. Exactly. And I think in specific to me is when you get involved in research, you get involved in something specific that becomes something that's yours, but you're also connected with people uh, and mentors is really important. And I, I yeah. say this about my education is like, I think having someone to believe in you, to guide you, who's been through, you know, the academic journey uh, in, in the case of, of academia, um, maybe someone in the workplace, like having someone or getting involved in that for sure is incredibly important for your development. Um, and the master's degree did that for me. Is that going to continue? Like, am I going to get the same bang for my buck? Yeah, even if I'm in a master's program and I got a supervisor, right. but I'm only communicating with them on zoom. Yeah. I'm not via in the zoom lab. Or via like, email. Like you don't have like those in like actual mentor interactions. Right. Can you build your platform as a student? I think it's that yeah. identity making, right? And then when you go into med school, when you go into finance, you know, you're you're gonna come out with your niche. Like you, you got your lane. Right. And as soon as you got your lane, it's, you hit the gas and you're gone. Exactly. Right. And then and then that's what will flourish into your career too. Yeah. But when you come out looking the same as everyone else on paper, it's like you might be great, but like we don't yeah. well, we can't and then, differentiate that. And then is that an issue with the pandemic, right? Like so say um, like, cause a lot of my buddies aren't going back to graduate programs. All of them are entering the workforce now. I wonder what it's kind of like, and we can speculate on mm. this a little bit, like kind of yeah. moving forward. Right. It's like, what will that job force look like? Like what, like, how do you think people like employers will treat, uh, the people coming out of graduating class of 2020? Like what I highlighted earlier, some of my classes I only had 70% of my mark. It was March. So it's not even like it's halfway, a little bit more than halfway through the semester. So realistically, I've only learned 60% of the material and they know marked it. So like, am I just missing 40% of material? And then I'm expected to go into the job force. Like I just, and and the job force knows that. I think right now, if everyone finishes school and they're all the same, it's like, maybe your mark will be, you know, a good determinant of whatever you, whether you learned or not. But right. when you switch that and now nobody knows, you know, what's the rules of the ball game? Nobody knows. So then they're going to, they're going to fall back in their instincts and say, well, if given the choice and they've got a 2020 and a 2019 grad and they're the same marks, 
you got to believe they're going to pick the 2019 and that's what right? and that's why i'm like that's what i mean right is i wonder say in two years i like our employers gonna think about when they see a 2020 grad and just be like they probably don't have the same amount of those 2019 those 2021 grads right yep so it'll be interesting if like a like will they be a little more sympathetic and just be like oh well they had to adapt they had to I, overcome right i doubt or is that it be i doubt yeah. that i don't i mean not that businesses aren't ever sympathetic but like yeah like your money's on the line exactly you're gonna put your money with the best bet and then, the most information yeah. if, if the information tells you that red flag most most employers will just avoid that yeah and exactly and does that make a 2020 grad like less worth less like does that make your degree worth less so a should we be paying less money because mm -hmm. our degree's worth less do you think they would or budge on, we, on wages like that yeah or like or will we get paid less than the average person because like we don't have that same knowledge base or anything like that either right could that be so discriminatory like, though like that's could they like could they like you know what i mean they might do that like behind the scenes yeah but they, could they actually have like an overt policy of that or yeah. is that a violation yeah. Well, I think it, because like you have, that your, would your, technically you, you have, have your age. pay grades. Well, not really. It wouldn't be like sex. Like it wouldn't be ageism. Or well, that's anything, what I'm saying. It's right? like it, you, you might make the argument that they're discriminating on an age base if, if you're that here. But obviously people graduate maybe a little earlier if they yeah. went through public school faster or even university faster. Right. Or they might graduate later if they went back. So they couldn't, you couldn't make that argument. But yeah, I mean, well, what year you graduated, could no. that be a legitimate reason for them to deny or to pay less exactly well and i just think about in general right um i know some of my buddies they just went straight through like they never had jobs even right or like they never had summer jobs or they just stayed in school fully and they wanted to get their degree done quicker so they say they got it done in three years or two and a half years and say that they're finishing now and they don't have that job experience and then all you have is the education and then you end your education on this like because it's not like you know it's decently realistic this thing that like a lot of people don't have like the job experience and then they're tossed out into this workforce and you like you're like we need experience I and mean, obviously you yeah. don't have any you just have the education and it's like well what does it like you're not going to do anything for us because you barely have the education <laughs> i just love that it's just like we need 10 years experience yeah it's like what kind of applicants are you looking for uh, well it's funny because uh one of my buddies um like because he just graduated um like obviously he's been looking at all these companies and he's been trying he's been finding like ent entry level jobs and sending them to me like just like he's like bro like look at how funny like this ad is and it will be for like you know the top 500 companies or anything like that and it will be like you know administration financial administration assistant like you know just something like really like basic entry level and it'll be like three to five years experience MBA. And it's like to be like an administrative assistant. It's like nice. Like to file, a, yeah. file papers. File papers make 45 grand a year. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see kind of what that looks like moving forward. Yeah. Now I want to, I want to kind of hit on some of the future speculation stuff, but I wanted to go back to one other point kind of about the, the graduation thing is, is ceremony right. stuff. And I know like, you know, for me and for everyone, right? Like, you know, your parents love to come and they get tons of pictures and right. you hold your degree and, yeah. you know, you see the pictures online and some people who weren't in school maybe think that's kind of cliche, you know, great, you, you graduated. Mm -hmm. But 
there's a lot of people you can walk across that stage well it's closure right where Conv- the, the ground you yeah, convocation that. that's a, it it's <laughs> a very important thing and we were talking about this right before we aired the podcast is um you know a, a lot of the relationships you make in undergrad um they generally like you'll have some friends that you'll have for life but you make a lot of friends that are like school friends that are only going to stay within the school setting so mm-hmm. you don't get the goodbye that way, like, cause you don't have that, like, cause you have gone through four years of like struggle, overcoming, studying sessions, like projects, presentations, all of that fun stuff. So you don't get to say goodbye to your friends. You don't get to say goodbye to your professors. Um, because again, randomly they're kind of just gone one day and like, yeah. you know, convocation is a good way of just kind of like, I know a lot of my professors is like, Oh, like we love to see you walk across that stage. Like you again, shake your just hand like and say, years. good job. Like right. you did it. Yeah. And for yourself and for your family, like you, like, and that's what I was saying. Like, like, I know it must suck for, for you and your family just saying, yep, you're done. Yeah. Like and I'm getting, was, I'm getting my it? degree in the snail mail. It was your, uh, we were, we were doing a stream on Twitch. We're playing games or whatever. Yeah. And uh, for those who don't know, we have a, a, a Twitch and uh at the dunk brothers at the dunk. <laughs> watch us every wednesday night and it's yeah we'll, we'll stream wednesday nights but then you know your your dad made an account just to goof around and right. he comes on and he's like saying it was like the day that i was you know, supposed to have my convocation would have graduated i was like i kind of took me back i'm like holy crap like yeah yeah like you're done i'm done and it was so mundane like we were just playing video Casually games that's it there. that's all we got yeah and i was like wow really like darn yeah. Well, and again, it's like any huge life experience. Uh, like, you know, I get it. Things come and go. Like, you're not going to get like those full experiences, all of that fun stuff. But something, you know, closure is closure, no matter how you put it. And like, it's a chapter of your life that's ending. And a big chapter, a big, like, you know, $40,000 later, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you get like, it's just like, Oh, like at least I get to walk across that stage. I know I'm done. I got my piece of paper. I can throw my, my hat off. All and that, just, all like, that hassle for a tassel, yeah, all my hassle for the tassel. <laughs> and then, you know, my mom and dad get to take their corny photo and just be like, yeah. Oh, we love our son. He graduated sort yeah. of thing. And then we move on our merry way. So it's also like you're getting stripped of something. Like it's like you don't get that like yeah. closure. It's like it, it still doesn't feel like I'm done. Like it still feels no. like I'm an undergrad. Like it no. still feels like I should be doing more. Well, it's like, you know, the analogy about when something happens, you know, it just kind of it just melted away. Yeah. There was no like point, right? Like I know right. like they say if you, if you put a frog in water and you warm it up, you know, the frog will chill there. If you right. put a frog in hot water, it'll jump out. But it's like sometimes you don't notice things until you've got, the, you know, an outside perspective or you need that that inflection point, that point of change, whether it's an event, right? Things just melt away. Right. You're left with a bit of an eerie kind of feeling, right? Yeah, for sure. Now, and I think um, I wanted to kind of hit on more more stuff related to experiences too. So we'll, we'll kind of get into speculating about what this might look like. And We love to speculate. And uh, <laughs> I know I said to you and Spencer, I said, I feel really bad for the the first years that might be coming in now yeah we should really talk about this and and like like i maybe give my kind of stories like you know i lived at home during university thank god saved a lot of money (laughs) yeah and but i lived at the very other end of the city yeah and i took the dundas 2b is this trashy little bus almost two hour bus ride well two hours there back like i said it's like an hour to get there yeah and 
not the nicest bus ride either. You got to go through the right downtown, all through downtown. So four years of doing that, taking it back and forth. And the problem I always had with, with undergrad too, and not that I regret this because I ended up having good grades and I had really enjoyed, I met some great people. Right. Um, But for a lot of people being connected with a group of people, I guess that I don't know if it's a sad thing, but the one thing that like I, I kind of find is, is not very savory is like, I find sometimes university students tend to only hang out with, with the people that are kind of right there. Oh, for sure. Where, like when people get housemates, it's like they don't even have to be in the same program. And those, that's the only people they do stuff with. Right. It's like, well, me, like I had to plan things and I had to go out and, uh, I had to get rides if we were going downtown. I couldn't right. really strictly schedule that stuff we couldn't just say hey let's order this food or hey let's yeah. walk here because I'm, I'm just kind of out of the physical space yeah. well and specifically so we're talking about a week which is orientation week and it's when like the first year students generally come in and you uh do all like these activities and you, like you meet people like say in programs or like you have different sections right like so you have like an off-campus section yeah where you're supposed to meet people who are also off-campus that live in london and a lot of like the connections and relationships that you make are usually done during a week, right? Like what so. I wanted to really highlight there was with my background is, is a week for me was a lot of fun because it was scheduled Yeah, <laughs> because it was like, you're in this group, you're doing these activities and it's that kick in the behind to say, you're doing this, you're meeting these people, right? Right. Where sometimes it can be easy to stay shelled up. And when you're physically maybe, you know, in my case, you know, removed from that, yeah, it can be kind of hard too, and and not to mention that the stuff we did in O week is fun as heck. Yeah, like that. Most that of the people, like the people wild. that I stayed with, you know, throughout all of university, like I met them in O week. Yeah, for sure. Because they were Me like, too. these are people that live off campus that are in your program. You're like, cool. Like these people just get it, right? Yeah. They're you. You kind of battle through school together, exactly, because of your similarities, and they put you right in those groups with those people. Now and the only thing binding people that. together is that they're all at home. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, and none of them are <laughs> in virtual. London even, right? Yeah. Like if say like you are 18, 17, whatever it is, you apply to go to Western for your undergrad. Like you could be in India, you could be in China, you could be wherever the hell you are. Yeah. And like, you don't have that a week experience at all. So, and obviously, hopefully, hopefully this doesn't last four years. And no. you eventually you'll have to come back to school and like all that. So say like your first year is completely online. And that might be tough. Now. Yeah. Frick, man. We've so been thinking about the transition back. too. But what about once it's done, air yeah. quote, what about the transition back? Right. Because like, again, yeah. you're on your own schedule and then you have to go back into the classrooms and you're back in a way more structured setting. Cause me and you are a creature of habit. Me and you love schedules. Uh, yeah. shit. We'll so like a lot of people, yeah, so a lot of people don't have that structure. They'll go to bed at 4am, wake up at 2pm. So having that structure <laughs> back in their life of like having to wake up for an eight thirty lecture, having to do those like strict deadlines, all that stuff will be. Mm. And then again, like you said, you don't have those relationships either. Right. So like if you're on first year, you're like, you know, you're going to awkwardly like email people and just kind of be like, hey, I need notes or hey, we should study. Right. Like yeah. It's not going to be that the same. Well, that's the thing is like, you know, the whole social circle thing, too, is like, yeah, people are going to meet their their dorm mates and right. You're in first year and those are the people are going to stick with. Right. And then again, in my case, because it was at home, the people I stuck with were, you know, some of the off campus people off-campus and, and, you know, and this is 
vast generalization. I met tons of people that, right. you know, lived in dorms and, you know, were from all over Ontario and everywhere else. So mm-hmm. there's none of that. It's not like we were segregated in that way. But as far as, you know, the first people that you, you know, meet when you touch down at university, right, the the O week was just really important and and having fun like just letting loose right celebrating the fact that y'all made it here you're all in one place you know and sometimes you get really cool people for the concerts like yeah well exactly it was a magic show i kind of he guy threw uh some foam balls into the crowd and he said whoever catches the ball you get to be on stage (laughs) i caught a ball so i was like dope i get to be on stage and it was just it was just a riot man it was so much fun and like even for me like living off campus i mean i had a bus or get picked up you know most of the time i'd bus there for you know an hour back after or before it's like even even with that, it was like, man, it was a lot of fun. It's really important. And oh, yeah. even for Western, it's like, you know, Western's like, we got the best student experience. <laughs> Whether that translates to academic excellence, I don't know. But that's what they're known for, right? Like, right. that's a thing. So it's like, wow, the best student experience. It's like, you got a nicer looking slideshow for your online course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, so not even just first years in general. I think we should just speculate a little bit. Like, I feel bad. Um, even think about you going online. So, like, you you have to, when you go into graduate school, you have to TA. So, you have to be a part of different classes and you have to hold labs and lecture uh, yeah. and, like, te- like, mark tests and all that stuff. I know our friend group. So, like, our we have, like, this friend group where Devin met through his um, TAing and all that type of stuff, right? Like, these are some of our best friends now. Shout out. If y'all are listening, you know who you are. Yeah. We love you. Exactly. And keep listening to the fiscal friends. <laughs> so like we have that friend group right and then um you meant that through taing so again when you're going into graduate school and it's completely online you don't have those friendships <laughs> and then even Just like get emailed like, a bunch of yeah, tests exactly. mark these mark these okay. and then even our, like so like our buddy spencer going into medical school how is med school going to look like, oh, right? God. Completely online. Because Western just changed their well, entire med school. Then, <coughs> and then now it's going to be completely yeah. online, right? I, Same thing with the girls with OT. Like two of our friends, like Drea and um, Alana, are going into OT. So what is that going to look like? I know. I, I, know, I feel bad. Um, shout out, big shout out to Spencer. That's, that's our friggin' guy. Yeah. Smart guy. Guy could... Uh, Man, the interviewing skills in that dude blow your mind. Trust me. Like <laughs> we've yeah. we've interviewed and helped people and like I know where I came from, especially getting ready for interviews, man. You start out rocky. Absolutely. And this guy, man, he's a natural. So Spencer, well, if you're listening to Fiscal Frisk, um, we'll have him on the podcast. Well, he he's in health science and in business. So we'll have him on yeah, we'll have yeah. a crossover he's crossover like, episode. That's true. We should combine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he got into med school here at Western. It's right. like Western last year just went through a complete Re-amp, complete overhaul yeah. of everything. And and it's like the courses are different. The way you're getting evaluated is very different. Everything had changed. And then and, you toss online. And I had talked to people that, you know, took it last or were in med school last year. And there were already some growing pains. Right. Right. Like it was, I mean, the faculty, I mean, there's obviously brilliant people up there you know making these curriculums but there's no way you can predict everything and you know it was a bit of a rocky start and then now to say you get one year of that and now we're doing it online oh my god i and i don't know the specifics of the actual 
you know, way they were evaluated more or less. Um, I believe it was more hands-on, more group work, more case studies, less and just book stuff. And now. then to say online is like, let's go back to the old, the archaic model that we wanted to get away from because right. you can't do it online. Oh, that's going to be awful so like like, so i feel like just not even just people going into undergrad but going into masters going into your specializations like these are things like again medical school like you want to make sure your students are really engaged in medical school obviously because they're going to be doing very important jobs so like it's going to be very interesting to see again kind of like what the stigma is going to be on the uh, the class of 2020 not even just like people who are finishing but like just like the year of 2020 in general and how long is this going to last obviously right so it'll be i i'm very interested to see just in general kind of how this is going to work yeah it's it's not something that uh man i i wouldn't want the job you know in in the faculty of any school right now you'd have your work cut out for you absolutely so, i mean yeah, you know, not only shout out to the the frontline workers. I mean, those people are out there every day doing great. But right. everyone whose lives, you know, they've had to make these adjustments is like, you know, people might be getting some criticism, but don't right because right. it's just, everyone's stressed. Man, keep doing it because like I would not want to get that job right now. Yeah, that'd be hard. Well, there's and, so many like competing agendas and like trying to come up with everything and like. Because there's no, there's no, like, you know, and there's no just general fix it solution because like you have to change your long-term goals. Like one thing, like we'll relate this to monetary and fiscal policy finally took us 55 (laughs) minutes to get (laughs) in You can wrap this up? Yeah. Okay. uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. (laughs) It's just like, you know, like sometimes like the short term, the long term, like if you change your short term, it changes your long term. Right. And like, that's with like goals and like policy or anything like that. So like it again with education in general too is um like how we change the short term how we fix like our education system through the pandemic it might change the long term goals like what you said it might change the aspects of what a good student is it might change the job sectors in the job field it might yeah. change the whole what does education mean it might yeah. change like there's so many aspects of it that might change so just like things like moving forward is just kind of like instead of like just like a general education like i think it's forcing people to think about like is this something that you actually really want like you know some people are just like oh i'm just going to go for the student experience and then i'll figure it out along the way but like we're losing a lot of that student experience now like people are deferring school because like they're just like it's not going to be the same like people mm-hmm. are losing out on say like you're losing out on some very valuable research like you're not in the lab like you're still doing like like good re- like stuff and like you can still do research and other stuff but like there's certain yeah. things that you're missing out on there's certain things i'm missing out on i missed out on a summer internship yeah. i missed out on convocation and getting that graduation like there's so many different moving parts to it so i just think in general that we just us as a society is like we just have to kind of play this by ear and just take our time and we'll figure it out along the way well yeah it's kind of a framework for understanding things when you say like fiscal and monetary policy like when we do you know we do our analysis here you know and you're reading a paper and you're breaking something down yeah think of think of what that how does how does that echo through time right right and when we when we have events when we analyze them right and, and this is why you know we hope you know both here on on the fiscal frisk and on on the health science podcast like you know we're teaching skills in a sense and you know we hope we're 
you're getting that and that you know the way we think about the papers and the way we kind of elaborate on that stuff is right now we're talking about real life like this is us yeah like this is and just it, it's still down. applicable right? right this is a mindset that you should have with anything especially fiscal and monetary policy right right so i just feel like this is a very important conversation to have and like again if you are in undergrad if you're thinking about going into school post-secondary or like even in like the job force or anything it's just kind of like the way that you view education and kind of like if you say you are a hiring manager how you're going to view the 2020 graduates and like that type of stuff i hope that that this just gives you another viewpoint to look at yeah um, so I think that's a good place to end. We covered a lot. I, we thought this wasn't going to be a long <laughs> yeah, podcast and then ended up being close to an hour. We get so. Chatting. Uh, so thanks everyone to listening to the fiscal frisk. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Zach Hunter. So we covered a lot today. Uh, if you like Devin hosting the podcast, you should go check out his own podcast. I, I do actually, host my own. <laughs> I've got a bit of He's experience. not this bit good of a natural. He has had some practice <laughs> on his own. So if you want to hear me and Devin um, all some more, but you want to hear more of Devin, you should go check out the Health Science Podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to doing, breaking down literature, but related to health science. Sciences. And those also air Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, signing off from both Devin and I. We'll see you later.